1: On the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie
2: Dobbin And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, back in action this week. And delighted to be here on Thanksgiving weekend. Yes,
3: and hey, we're delighted to have you back. Well, thank you
2: very much. Missed you, very much.
3: you just a tiny bit.
2: Well, uh, just a quick, uh, had a wonderful trip uh, to New York City mm-hmm. by a um, bus, and uh, Shirley and I went down there for the weekend. A wonderful, wonderful uh, time. Mm-hmm. Met a number of people on the bus who actually listened. <laughs> so, really? hi to Julia. That's uh, the only name I can quickly bring off the top of my noggin here. That's good to uh, hear. There are listeners out there. There are listeners out there. Sometimes
3: I feel like it's just you and me talking (laughs) to each other and entertaining Sebastian. Yeah,
2: exactly. However, (laughs) uh, let me just remind folks why I'm here Mm -hmm. to give out the phone numbers for Charlie Dobbins' Garden Show. Okay. If you're in the Toronto area, call 416 360 0740 and anywhere else in the province where the leaves are turning like crazy right now oh really i haven't oh, yeah. been out much one 866 740 yeah anywhere north of the the city well even in town things are starting to cook a little bit um well it's beautiful
3: it is beautiful i mean we haven't had those cold nights yet
2: coming Coming, They're but on the way.
3: but tomorrow I know sunshine across the province. I know double digits. I think across <laughs> the province, like even you know up yep. Thunder Bay. I mean, it's still going to be a good ten or more degrees as we get north. So it's lovely, lovely weekend for giving thanks.
2: Exactly. So as usual, Charlie has a few notes off the top uh, uh, here.
3: Don't say that. Oh, oh, I haven't found oh. them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the well-prepared Charlie Davenport. Yes. yes. Well, you know what I've
3: got. so oh, there we are. Oh, okay. I've been getting all kinds of emails here that I've printed off. I just haven't had a chance to. Answer via right. email. So, if we get a chance, I'd like to get to some yeah, of these absolutely. printed questions. There's a pile there. That, All right. But announcements. All right. The Burlington Horticultural Society general meeting will be held this Wednesday, October 14th, at 7:30 p.m. in the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Jury Lane. The speaker is Wolf Bonham. He's presenting night lighting, which mm-hmm. which would obviously be night lighting in the garden. Uh, very big trend these days is using lights to increase the drama in the garden and to be able to even enjoy your garden right through till, you know. And that kind of hooks snows. on to the
2: latest fad, really, which is making the outdoors just part of the your living area. That's right. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. It's indoors out. So, you know, we get into these lovely, uh, you know, couches and gorgeous furniture, and they've got heaters Wicker for and, when it gets yeah, chilly, yeah. and fireplaces, and you know, those kinds of things to to make it real nice ambiance. But lighting, like I said, it's all about dramatizing some of the gorgeous specimen plants that great you have idea. in the garden. So, and Wolf Bonham knows a lot about it. So that would be a, he'll probably do a great job on that. Uh, that 's in Burlington of course there 's lots of great refreshments and some fun and a draw and everyone is welcome so seven thirty on Wednesday the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society meets on October eighteenth from twelve thirty p m to four p m at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is seven 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 Lawrence Avenue East. Bring your mug and a friend enjoy the plant sale now that's a that 's a cool thing to jump on to. Uh, Because the plant sale that the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society puts together has some great plants from the members. And the topic will be chaos in the rock garden, putting theory into practice.
2: I love that. chaos in, in, the the rock in the rock garden okay. yep
3: putting theory into practice it's david sellers is speaking about this particular subject rock garden design and how it relates to natural landscapes and preferred plant habitats is one of his passions mm-hmm. he's an award-winning photographer and writer in british columbia so gardening rocks free admission all are welcome free parking uh, one more, uh, Irresistible Woody Plants is the topic on Wednesday, October 21st when you join Marion Jarvie at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. She'll be your guide for a look at the planning, planting and amazing resilience of some of our very best ornamental woody plants. Arrive early, grab a light dinner, visit the garden shop, uh, be sure to show your membership card to receive discounts and of course it's free admission for mm-hmm. members uh, if you're not a member, you will be paying as much as $25 to get in the door, and considering membership is about $25, well, a good reason to join. Yeah, exactly. Members can bring a friend for only $10. Doors open at 6.30, lecture is at 7.30, and um, that'll be it for our okay. announcements for now.
2: Yeah, and uh is uh, one day away from the show, and I'm already forgetting part of my job, very important part. Mm. The mantra is call early, call often. One question per call, and if you are a first time caller, let the uh, ever so handsome Sebastian know. He's the chap who answers the phone, of course, and I will welcome you with a little bell. Ringer. uh thingy. good for you I forgot
3: I was trying to be you last week yeah. and I forgot the bell <laughs> uh, but I did do some things right I got the numbers and I <laughs> got well, the mantra <laughs> wow. figured out how to work the mics you know <laughs> hey, there I you think go. I did okay. yeah
2: Sebastian's going yeah she did okay <laughs> watch out Proctor you're gonna be just booted out <laughs> That's right. okay we gotta get uh, scooting along here and to be back in just moments Charlie Dobbin and the garden show along with Frankie Proctor nice to have you with us on this Thanksgiving weekend.
4: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet
2: williams.
1: you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, Charlie, our first trip on The Garden Show is out to Oakville to say hi to Earl. Good morning, Earl. Welcome to the show. Hi,
5: Frank and Charlie, my question is about hibiscus plants. I've got a few in the backyard. It's getting chilly out there, almost time for the long underwear. Mm -hmm. Um, When should I bring them in,
3: Charlie? I would bring them in this weekend if you can. This weekend, Yep, eh? yep. And, I, I mean, one thing if you can do it is right now go outside and move that hibiscus into a shady spot. Mm-hmm. So you want to get the plant a little more adjusted to lower light levels if you can mm-hmm. before bringing it indoors because it is lower light levels indoors. Okay. And plants tend to drop all their leaves when they go inside unless we get them a little bit... Uh, uh, adjusted. You're gonna need to wash the plant thoroughly, soap and water, and a you know good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and soap, maybe we
2: should not detergent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> soap, and not. Do deter- I use Tide? Tide is typically detergent. I think the one, I mean, there is a safer soap in the garden centers, which mm-hmm. is already ready to go as an insecticidal soap. Mm-hmm. I believe you can get liquid ivory soap. Just make sure it says soap on the on the container, and then it's a 40-parts water to one-part soap mixture, mm. and you'll spray the plant. do give me hands, will it? No, it shouldn't.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'd like to wish you and Frank a very... Um, a happy Thanksgiving and love and peace. Thank well, you Earl, so thank you. much, That's Earl. That's
2: wonderful. Thank That's you
3: so much. Very sweet.
2: And all the best of your family there. And yeah, oh, isn't that nice? Gorgeous
3: weekend for Thanksgiving. Oh, it sure Appreciate is. Appreciate
2: that. We do have so much to be thankful for, don't we, really? Yeah. Helen, in Toronto, uh, you're having uh, problems. Well, not problems, but you're uh, inquiring about milkweed seeds, is that right? Mm hmm. Okay. Good morning.
6: Morning, uh, Charlie and Frank. I'm the lady with the Norfolk Island pine. Mm
2: hmm. I remember.
6: Yes, and, uh, but that's not my subject. Um, my cousin sent me a, an entire stalk of milkweed pod. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know they disperse through the air. Can you uh, plant them actually
3: uh, yourself? You can. Um, the thing is, is that. In the natural environment where milkweed matures and, as you know, grows that pod and the pod matures and gets dry and crispy and eventually bursts open and then all those fuzzy little seeds get wind dispersed, Mm -hmm. what makes it possible for milkweed to grow or what really increases its ability to grow is the being outside part. So milkweed does need the cold of winter before it will grow. This is kind of like when Frank and I put acorns into the fridge for the winter, Mm -hmm. because acorns also need the winter weather in order for the the little acorn Mm -hmm. seeds to germinate. Mm -hmm. So, you have a couple options. You can take those pods, you can put them into a paper bag and put them out in your shed or your garage or somewhere where they'll be out in the cold for the winter. Or you can, once the pods are mature and the seeds are ready to be ejected, you can mix those seeds up with some moist peat moss or potting soil or vermiculite, something that's clean and sterile, not soil from the garden, and moist medium seeds bag, fridge, plastic bag in the fridge for the winter. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, so it's all, you're just trying to mimic winter, and then you'll you'll start planting uh, by, you know, February, March, we'll start talking about getting those out into little flats and get those little seeds growing.
6: Oh, that's great. Now, there were eight pods mm-hmm. on the stalk.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Would you like one? I could send you one.
2: Sure. Wow, oh, that'd be great. Sure, that'd be great. Thank you.
6: Yeah, um... I want to keep the butterflies
3: going. Uh, Don't we all? Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
2: uh, Do you need the the address? We'll
3: give you the address if you like. Oh, yes. Okay, so why why don't you hang up the phone and grab a pencil, and then Frank will give the mailing address. And anybody who wants to mail anything, we love to get mail.
2: Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thanks for the offer. Thank
3: you so much. All
2: right. Thanks so much, Helen. And that gives me an opportunity to uh, repeat the phone numbers because we have a line open now at 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay, you've got the address handy there, do you, Charlie? Oh, I do. You, you do. You okay. don't know it, eh? I have Off to... the top of my... Well, I this, do, but I don't I have remember to do the postal everything. code. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: okay, so the... Uh, to mail anything here, mail it to my name, Charlie Dobbin, so Charlie, like Charlie Brown, and then Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, care of AM740, Jefferson Avenue, just like it sounds, mm-hmm. Jefferson Avenue, Toronto, M6K1Y4, so M6K1Y4. Excellent. There we go. Okay.
2: And before we take another call, just a little chat about uh, Sierra Sil, one of our fine products you hear about here at uh, Zoomer Radio from uh, several folks, including Charlie and I. We both take these wonderful supplements, which are natural. And allows us to keep active,
3: yeah. active and pain-free. Yeah. That's what it's all about, right? There is so much for me to do in my garden still. It's frightening, uh, meaning that the, we haven't had frost. There's cleaning up of vegetables. There's leaves coming down in buckets that need to be dealt with. I did get the lawn... Trimmed and edged and fertilized with my fall fertilizer last week. But you know what I mean? It's just there's always more to do. Something to do out there. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to be able to be doing that and having fun doing it and enjoying all this gorgeous weather, Sierra Sil makes it possible. So the, the joints are, are feeling good and the you know energy is there to stay active and of course you and you're off to good life fitness. Yes,
2: join the gym and I'm working out. And trainer, I need those pills, I'm that's right. <laughs> the
3: trainer's putting you through your, your hoops there, so that's all good. And so Sierra Cell works for us it's completely natural mineral supplement taken daily uh, it, it keeps us going you may might work for you as well for more information check sierra Sil on the web sierra or give them a, a phone call at 1-877-JOINT-14 fourteen.
2: S i e r don't
1: change the radio station just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty.
2: And Sue, chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying hi to Irene once again out there in Oakville. Good morning, Irene.
1: Good morning, Charlie. Morning.
5: Um, I, on uh, the first time caller. Oh, 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 wonderful. Oh. Okay. There's your wings. I'm calling Welcome. About this beautiful climber that I have called Mandevilla. Yep. And it has these beautiful pink flowers, and uh, I just want to know how to, um, what to do with it before the winter comes.
3: Well, that's right. Is it still outside? Oh yes. Oh, alrighty. Yes. It's been out all summer. Uh, that's why it's looking so good. Oh yes, it's lovely. Well, similar to our first caller, Earl, who might be your neighbor actually there in Oakville. He <laughs> ca- no, it's not. <laughs> he, he called. <laughs> hello, Earl he called about a uh, hibiscus so, so same kind of process these are trop tropical plants yeah. which will die if left outside for the winter so right. to save them you got to get them inside before it gets too cold and this weekend is the perfect weekend. So do I cut it right back? I wouldn't if it's all covered in flowers I would uh, bring it in as intact as you can but do Uh give it a thorough washing and rinsing and draining and as I mentioned to Earl get it out of the sun like right now get it into the shade so Uh you want to get it prepared for lower light levels inside. Right When you get it If you need to cut it back because it's just too big to handle, then do so. You Uh will eventually cut it back by February or March. You will be doing some radical pruning. But for now, I would try to not cut it back if you don't have to, just so you can enjoy the flowers and the buds that are on it. It'll continue blooming inside, will it? If you can put it in a nice sunny location, if you've got a nice big patioed window, door, uh, bright spot, preferably facing south or west, uh, it will continue to bloom, yes.
5: Yeah, okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. And happy Thanksgiving to you both.
3: Well, thank, thank you. Enjoy the show. Thoroughly. Thank you so very thank much, I
2: Everine. Mean, and the very best to you and yours on this Thanksgiving weekend for sure.
3: I know. I've got. I'm um, on pie duty when I finish are the you? show today. Oh, <laughs> yes.
2: wonderful! I'll be uh, heading out to Shirley's place out in uh, well near the Aurora area. And what farm. duty
3: are you on? Uh, Just
2: showing up? Well, no. I'm. I'm esquiring uh, my six grandchildren. So uh, I'll be. I'll be busy. You're on yeah. granddaddy <clears> duty. I am. I am grand. Grandpop duty. And, you got uh,
3: it. Well, yeah. so at least I'm not. On
2: turkey duty. That's the only thing. Big Daddy. Do they? Yeah, big yeah, Daddy. No nice. no, grandpa. Big Daddy. <laughs> That's the truth, too. Well, Elizabeth, it's Scarborough. Hi, and welcome to the show.
5: Well, oh, thank you, and good morning. Um, again, a hibiscus. I have. Uh, Several very large, like four feet high by three feet wide, mm. and they're blooming profusely. And normally I have wrapped them in plastic bags, watered them, wrapped them in plastic bags, and then put them up in a spare bedroom. Mm. Um, but this is so huge. How 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 much can I cut it back? Well, like, it, got, like a foot from the from the growth area from the from the
3: pot? Well, to ch- keeping in mind that they're actively growing still right yeah. now. By the oh, sounds I of mean, it, I mean
5: it didn't bloom all summer, but no. in September it yeah, started. That does and happen. And I have started these, you know, from cuttings, hmm. and so I've got a mix of double uh, apricot and mm. the red ones, a few colors. Oh, it's really Gorgeous. quite lovely, but uh,
3: it's so huge that this yeah. year I can't bring it in like the way it is. I know. See, this happens, and this is why I always say if you're, we do radical pruning back in February and March I so have. that it, yeah. the plants will be a little more manageable in August, September. Yeah. If they're just looking so good or we get busy <laughs> in early spring, late winter, and we let them grow, you're right, then they get out of control. The most I would cut back on those, uh, those hibiscus right now would be one-third of the growth, oh dear. which would allow you to you know bring it in to two feet wide and yeah. you know, three feet tall kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, if you need yeah. to do some thinning, you could. You know if they're, But just if you take off too many leaves, yeah. and, and when you say wrap in a plastic bag, so what kind of plastic bags do you mean? Well, you, they're
5: just clear, clear plastic bags, and I'd water them mm-hmm. and tie them up tightly
3: so they were in there like their own little greenhouse. Ah. And they, 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 huh. most of them survived quite well. Nice. And the spare bedroom is a cool room, obviously. Yes,
5: yes. And, no... and I, it's
3: got a fairly large window. Mm-hmm.
5: And I, I have set up with a sort of like a, a, um, a tabletop. So they sit up so that uh, they do get light, mm. uh, uh, but um, mm. not a lot, of course, in the winter. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, they've, they've yes. uh, most of them, it's just like I bring in uh, some geraniums. Yep. And uh, they've uh, they've survived. They get leggy, but then I cut them off and stick them in the ground.
3: In That's them. right. That's exactly how the growers do it too. Yeah, bring in the geraniums, let them grow over the winter, and then cut them all down and keep yeah. the cuttings. Yeah.
5: Yes, yeah. And now some of them I put in in uh, in brown paper bags. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, and some of them have worked as well but um
3: It's the trick there is the temperature. If you're able to keep those plants cool as in you know t- 50 or 10 yes. Celsius then everything slows down enough the respiration the photosynthesis everything slows down and and the plants don't die as a result of drying out because they're just their activity has slowed down to such a point that they're in sort mm-hmm. of a stasis kind of a point.
5: Now when you say washing spraying them mm-hmm. with soap
3: and mm-hmm. then spraying them with water is uh, is sufficient, or how, how would you do that? Well, it, the, 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 it's a soap and water mix that, yeah. yes, I would spray, uh, particularly in, with hibiscus, particularly is you want to spray the underside of the leaves because yeah. that's where, you know, whether it's spiders or whatever, spider, yeah. yeah, who knows what's hiding in there. So, right. you know, they're pretty juicy, tasty plants, so many yeah. insects do like to make their home on hibiscus. Yeah. So the spraying thoroughly with that 40 to 1 mix of soap and water. Yes. In the shade, outside today, tomorrow. Okay. Within a half an hour, get your hose out or, you know, clean water. Oh, I Wash off that soap and water. Okay. I like to to actually run soap and water through the soil, if I can. Again, just to keep the, you know, there's earwigs that have moved in and sow bugs, the odd centipede. So just, you you just want to scare everybody out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once they realize that this they don't really like soap, they're going to move on out if there's (laughs) soap coming through. And again, you know, good clear rinse and a draining out and then inside okay 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 well thank you very much thanks, thanks for you Elizabeth. your call right.
2: Yeah, you betcha. Uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for a lot of that stuff, huh? I, mean, I really? think so. Exactly. Well,
3: if, yeah, because we haven't had that real cold yet. Mm-hmm. So nothing has made us go, oh, my gosh, I have to what, you know, harvest my, my tomatoes or <laughs> I have to run out there and pull in all my tropical plants. Now, keep in mind, and we're going to start getting calls about Christmas cactus very soon. Yeah. We always do as we get into October, November, December. If you have Christmas cactus outside right now, leave it outside. That's one of the, it's a, technically a tropical plant but they can handle cool temperatures they can go right down to zero even a little less than zero one or two below and that's what will set the buds so if you want lots of flowers on your christmas cactus leave them outside for another couple of weeks
2: all righty good advice from charlie dobbin the garden show from zoomer radio as we broadcast live and direct from the zoomerplex in liberty village and we say hi next to linda here in toronto hi linda welcome to the show Hello, Hello, Linda. Yeah, Good there morning.
5: You are. Um, I've got a, It's irises. Mm-hmm. I've been taught by my family that after they bloom, you cut them back. And my friend has been taught by her family that you never cut them back. You only uh, string them.
2: Hmm. Con- conflict here. Eh?
3: String them? Did you say?
5: Yes. That you take a string so that uh, the uh, foliage doesn't,
3: I guess, touch the ground. Oh, uh, sort of tie them up so that they, uh, the whole bondage thing. Yes. Uh, Okay. Well, all right. Now, what, these irises we're talking about, these would be like the bearded irises? Uh, Uh, My mother's
5: were the king irises.
3: Okay. Are they purple? Yes. And they're tall? They grow about two and a half feet tall? Yes. Okay. Right. So... Very very good question, actually. Here's how to properly care for irises. Typically, I mean, there are irises that will bloom through the middle of the summer. They kind of sporadically bloom depending on the variety. But when an iris is finished blooming, Mm -hmm. you get out your sharp pruners and you prune the flower stem, not the leaves, but you do remove the flower stem and compost that allow the leaves to stand up all summer as green leaves. If they start to flop, which is what I think perhaps your friend was saying, and that's that idea, don't let them flop, tie them up. Usually what we do is we suspect if they start flopping that a couple of things might be happening. One is irises will um, stop blooming and get when they get overcrowded. So every three to four years, you actually have to lift your irises, separate them out, shrink the quantity down or expand the, the clump out because the, the center of the clump will just turn to, to almost like bark or wood and the flowers will, and the leaves will get weaker and weaker. You'll get fewer flowers and floppy leaves. Right. So it's really, it's a lifting and moving those irises. Typically, we do that in August. And when we're doing that lifting and moving and transplanting and sharing with our friends, we examine very closely to ensure that we don't have any insects boring into the roots of the iris. Uh, if there's any evidence of iris borers, then those plants are not replanted, they are trash. They don't even go in the compost. They go right out into the landfill. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't um, typically tie up my irises. I just am not a big fan of tying plants up.
5: Oh, well, thank you very much. That's, oh, I'm I'm so glad you're
2: on the show, <laughs> thank you. Thank Thanks you. for your you comment. I, I never knew gardening was so kinky. Uh, it's a bondage, my kid, Daniels. Some people and just it's, love to Sebastian's tie. Sebastian's in there you're going, "Yeah,
3: People like to tie their plants up. It's like, oh my gosh, if the plant can't stand up on its own, then something's wrong. Uh,
2: right. Okay.
3: <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not enough sun. Irises love full sun, well-drained soil, and full sun. If a big, if a tree is getting bigger and the shade is getting deeper and darker then they plant the irises start to flop all over the place gotta move those irises out out into, into more sun. the sunlight oh, yep. okay
2: well let's move along to uh, Liz in Toronto. Hello Liz welcome to the show
5: Good morning morning. Um, I'm calling about Gerber daisies, mm-hmm. and I had called you early summer. Uh, you had told me to bring them, bring them outside and spray them with some soap and water because I did have some bugs underneath the leaf, mm-hmm. which I did, and the plant has just gone crazy. It's it's just beautiful. I've never seen so many leaves in my life. Nice. I'm thinking now I need to bring it into the house. Mm-hmm is there anything
3: i need to do before i bring it into the house or well just like well liz just like we were saying to earl talking about bringing in hibiscus and irene talking about bringing in mandevilla your gerbera is similar again this is a tropical plant you want to bring it in before it gets too cold and the plant would die if it got too cold so it's really just a cleaning it up making sure that there's no insects no little little uh, you know uh friends traveling with the the gerbera before you bring it in so it's a soap and water wash it's a it's a drench into a big bucket of water uh just ensure that that everything that might be traveling on that plant is left outdoors and then good draining into the house into a full sunny location uh and with all that wetting and washing and and you know soaking make sure that the it's in a good hot sunny spot inside your house so that it doesn't just rot because it's going to be lower light levels indoors. And with all that wetting, there's a tendency for botrytis and fungal diseases to kill the Gerbera. So just make sure it can really drain well before you bring it in.
5: Okay. And then after the um, water has evaporated, which I'm sure will take at least a month, how how much watering would I do during the fall
3: winter spring? N- not much in the, remember all of our plants naturally slow down their growth in the winter just because the days are shorter and the nights are cooler and how do plants know that well they know about the light they don't really know about the outdoor temperatures but still they do slow down in their growth and that means that we give them less water all of our indoor plants need less water in the winter because it's easy to over water them uh, so it's a finger test you know really Feel the soil, stick your finger in the soil if necessary, get used to the weight of the pot when it's dry versus wet, use a moisture meter if necessary, but let all your indoor plants go to the dry side during the winter. So yeah, you might only water once every two weeks, three weeks, once a month, who knows, it depends on the temperature and, uh, and how much light they're getting. Okay, that's great. Okay, good. Well,
2: thanks so much for your call. And happy Thanksgiving uh, to everyone at your uh, place there yeah. in, in T.O. And in fact, to everybody listening in. Well, yeah. we we'll do our wishes more or less at the end of the show, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, usually course, our wishes. <laughs> uh, you know what? We're sneaking up on our next break. Let's take a, a break now just before we uh, get along to uh, Shelly calling in from St. Catharines. We had mentioned uh, that uh, I've joined a gym, and so you know it's really been helpful. The analgesic spray. Oh yeah. Oh man. Had some sore muscles, have you? Oh have I had some I have (laughs) I have muscles I didn't know I had. Yeah, you've learned some new locations of muscles. So this spray trainers are a killer, eh? Yeah, they they put you through it. I know. It's like I can't believe I'm paying this person. To kill me. Yeah. They're like masochists (laughs) or something. I just But no, the analgesic spray is so great with seven natural oils mm-hmm. that are renowned for relieving pain. And smelly. Oh, and the camphor in there. Just, yeah. Oh, Well, as I said, and you smell like you've fallen from a pine tree. Yeah, that's and right. There's no pine in it, but it is just marvelous.
3: And so you've been spraying it on those... Sore yep. muscles and yeah. rubbing mm-hmm. it in. And exactly. And the, it, it it's relieves. nice and warm. Smells great. And, yeah, the muscles feel... It just radiates. Yeah, you know? it's true. eh? They just relax. Because it's tension, mm-hmm. right? When when they're sore, exactly. it just allows some relaxation in the muscle and takes some of the pain in So
2: that's just one of the fine products from that's Sierra right. Sil.
3: Check out Sierra Sil on the web because they do cover off. The, there's the brand-new pet chews for aging pets. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's the traditional Sierra Sil minerals that we take daily. And now there's the new active sierra so which has got the extra ingredient of the curcumin in it so some very good products all of them you know well tested uh, great anecdotal information and where to buy is all on the website so sierra or call them in vancouver one eight seven seven joint
1: fourteen.
2: S i e r r a s i l
1: fur and feathers and bugs of all size there's more going on in the garden than we do realize and should little creatures become a big problem well then you've got the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio am 740
2: well, uh, we're going to head next to a very favorite spot of mine, uh, St. Catherine's. But
3: before we go there... Oh, yes. i have yes. just wave this at Hang you. in there, Shelley. You just love to ignore me. Whose show is this anyway? <laughs> I just want to get to at least one of the email. Oh, okay. This is from David Kennedy. He asks two questions. Mm. Now, I'm not sure if we want to... Let him get away with two questions. But the first one I think is probably more important. It's about transplanting peonies. Mm. He says, we are selling my mother's house hopefully in November, but we want to transplant some of the peonies. Makes sense. Always, always. Before you sell a house, write it right into the uh, you know the offer or the, the 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 sale what you're taking with you in terms of plants. So David says the problem is is that his sister will not be moving into her new house until January at the earliest. So can the peonies be dug up and saved in a container in my cold cellar until a suitable place is found for them in the spring? Yes, though a cold cellar would not be my first choice. If possible, David, what I would do is I would dig up the peonies. I would put them into pots, like nursery pots with drainage. Uh, You don't need fancy potting soil. Just use the garden soil and um, peonies into – and, of course, you'll cut the peonies down. And, frankly, I wouldn't do any of this until we've had a good hard frost. So good hard frost. The leaves will turn brown and drop. You'll uh, cut the peonies down to about an inch tall. You'll lift up those big tubers and hopefully they're not too big, to, they're not mm-hmm. so old that you can't uh, you know, handle them easily. If they are really big, you may have to chop them up into smaller pieces. Then you'll uh, pot up these peonies into, into containers with drainage. And in a perfect world, somewhere at your house or another sibling's house or a friend's house, you have access to some open ground where uh, perhaps a vegetable garden was in all summer. And you will bury the pots with the peonies inside. Oh in the ground. So the pots will go underground, the peonies will be in the pots, everything will be underground, and you'll be doing all this, like I said, after we've had Mm -hmm. a good hard frost. So everything's dormant. Um, They will be very happy, kept like that for the winter, come spring, as soon as the ground thaws, pull up the pots, there's your peonies, and you head off to whatever location they're going into. That would be the best way. A cold cellar isn't necessarily cold enough, and I guess depending on the humidity levels, etc., it's a bit trickier, but That
2: would be my preferred way to overwinter them. Excellent. All righty. Well, here we go to Shelley in St. Catharine. Good morning, Shelley.
6: Good morning. sunshiny morning to you. Isn't it nice to see the sunshine? Is it ever. Beautiful blue sky here. Yes, here too. My dog's just gone crazy. (laughs) Keep her quiet while I can speak with you. I have to give her a tummy rub because she's been talking to me the whole morning. (laughs) Anyway, but my... my, a uh, comment and question for you, Charlie, mm-hmm. has to do with hibiscus again. Mm-hmm. This is the hibiscus morning. Yep. Um, I brought my hibiscus in, um, the, I think it was the last week of September when it was warmer. Mm-hmm. And um, what I did was I took a a big garbage pail, filled it with water,
3: mm-hmm.
6: and I drowned them. Mm-hmm. And pot, pot and everything Good. for about oh, 20 minutes or so. Okay. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> is that long enough? You're talking about using the soap. I'm just wondering if I did the right thing.
3: Oh, no. It's What you did is great because even by putting those pots underwater, sometimes that's hard for people to do if they're very big pots. Yeah. They just don't have a big enough container. But the idea of immersing the pot underwater plant, pot, soil, everything underwater is great because you don't need to use any insecticides, you don't need any soap, you don't need anything. What happens is, is you know, going back to those earwigs or whatever little critters might have wanted to travel in with the, the plant, they abandon ship very quickly, float to the surface of the water, and you can scoop them right out. So, and of course, it's a great way as well to do a thorough watering. It also is a great way to neutralize some of the salts that might have built up inside the potting soil. So we get that white residue on the surface of the soil sometimes. Yes. That's this, the salt coming, precipitating out of solution, whether it's salt in our tap water or salt in our fertilizers. So underwater like that helps with some neutralizing and, and solubilizes some of those uh, precipitate again. So underwater is great. What you did is fine. And then it's just draining thoroughly before you get inside and giving the plants as much sun as you can.
6: Yes. Well, they're in a, a bright sunny south window. Perfect. And they look good and healthy. Good. And I'm not seeing any evidence of any bugs. Perfect. So, uh, but I did, I thought, uh-oh, maybe I'm supposed to do some of the soap thing as well.
3: No, so. no, not necessarily. Sometimes if we're going to use the soap, often we'll just use the soap on the leaves, just again, to clean off any spiders or whatever might be on there. Yes. Or if the pot is too big to immerse, that's when a soap and water soil drench can be useful. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
6: Well, that's good. I'm the lady that has the beautiful burgundy uh, red um, hibiscus. Yeah, oh, that's right. right. Yes. I remember. Yes, and I have tried 12 cuttings, and I know why they're so rare, because I've only got five that are showing any signs of
3: roots.
2: But, <laughs> but you have some so success, So my though.
6: green
3: thumb is working partly anyway. Well, and keep in mind, this is not a good time to take cuttings. Be- well, I, no, I took these cuttings
6: back... Uh who, June, July? Yeah,
3: okay, there you go. Yeah, and
6: they're, and there's I mean, they've got roots and they're evidence of roots. But they're not very long.
3: Right. And I've had the same thing with the apricot hibiscus. The apricot color is not very vigorous when it comes to cuttings and and rooting. Uh, Uh, Unlike the red ones that you can't stop them, right? They'll just grow before your very eyes. Yes. Well, this is the burgundy one. And this is the
6: one that you don't see much.
3: That's right. And uh,
6: so maybe it's along the same line as the apricot Mm, one.
3: Exactly. So good for you. Well,
6: if I get them going, darling, and you'd like one, you just let me know and I'll be happy to... Share with you. Shelly,
2: just just a little tip for you, Shelly. If you want to look at your calendar, December 6th is a Sunday, and yours truly, Franklin Proctor, (laughs) shall be appearing with the Niagara Symphony Orchestra in their production of Peter Pan and playing Captain Hook. In- so oh, so we will have a ton of fun.
6: Is, it,
3: yes. is
2: that we'll that's in Niagara Symphony? Orchestra? Oh in wonderful. Niagara, yes. yes. Okay. In, beautiful, terrific orchestra. Yeah. A- anyway, more about and that a little Frank later. Frank
3: is playing Captain
2: Hook. Yeah. That's what's I just <laughs> I gotta see this. Get a video of this for sure. Great stuff. <laughs> okay, we must take our next little Thanks, break Shelley. here. And we'll be back to talk to Christine in uh in Ottawa. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Well, hang on there, Christine. We're coming to you here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio.
4: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and
2: begonias,
4: Scythia and foxclubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks,
3: tulips and sweet williams.
1: you picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: Well, let's, Ottawa seems to be in the news lately, doesn't it? Yeah, let's go there for a different form of uh, entertainment, if you will, Christine <laughs> Hey, good morning and welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Morning.
5: Thank. Hi, Charlie. I love your show. Thank you. Charlie, mm. an important
6: question. Mm. I have an orchid plant. There are only green leaves, mm-hmm. no orchid.
3: Should I keep watering it? Will it ever flower again? <laughs> when was the last time it flowered? Uh, months ago. Okay, and have you used any orchid fertilizer on it? No, nothing. Okay, so what I would do is I would go to my local garden center, and I would pick up some fertilizer that is specifically designed for orchids. Right. Follow the instructions in terms of mixing with water. Right. One of the things I find that orchids love, like the green leaves are not a problem. You want nice, green, shiny leaves. Uh, You want nice, fat, green greeny sort of silver roots, right. all that is great. Right. My favorite way to water orchids, and okay. we were talking about, you know, immersing plants under water where you take the yeah. whole pot and you stick it right under in a pail of water. Okay. And what I would do with my orchids is I'll mix up a pail of water, preferably rainwater, right. with fertilizer, right. and then I just dunk the orchids down in under this water, okay. hold them down till all the air bubbles um rise to the surface. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then pull the orchids up. Yes. Put all the bark back in that's floated out. And yes. then let them just drain a bit in the sink and then back into their regular location. And you'll find that if you can do that every two, three weeks whenever you're traditionally watering, yes. or you know, depending on the sunlight and the temperature they're in, yes. they will start flowering again very soon.
6: Thank you, Shawnee. You're welcome. I you're wonderful. I love your program. Thank you. And I miss your sentimental journey
2: so oh. much. Oh, thank there you, you for that. Okay, Christine, bless your heart, and uh, thank you for calling here yeah. to uh, Zoomer Radio. Hey, we have uh, from Barry, Carol on the line. Let's quickly zip over there. Hi, Carol. Good morning.
4: Uh, good morning. Morning. I phoned in late spring mm-hmm. regarding uh, uh, angel trumpet. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gave me the information, and uh, it worked well, and it flowered beautifully. Mm-hmm. Now, my situation is now, to bring the angel trumpet uh, back in, to which is about four feet high now,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, Do uh, there's now three little um, plants coming from the base of the original. Mm-hmm. So... How do I bring it inside? Do, we, do I remove the little green things that come along the, the largest
3: stem? Well, our, okay, so it's like a tree, right? The angel trumpet you've got? Yes. Right. And the little green sprouts, are they growing off the stem or are they growing from, from the soil?
4: Three big ones are coming from the soil, Mm. but there's
3: also a couple of
4: little ones that are
3: coming along the main stem. Okay. So anything that's growing off the main stem, any little green sprouts that are growing off the, the, um, the stem... Just uh, pop them off with your thumb. You, okay. do, you do not want to allow green growth on that stem because the the way that tr- – it's like a tree. It's a what we would call a standard. So it should be a naked stem with all kinds of growth up at the top, so leaves and flowers. And, of course, I'm just showing Frank here some of the images of what an angel trumpet looks like. So mind you, there's a fence in that picture. But it's just – you know, it's those hanging flowers. There. Like, see this picture? So, you know, oh, yeah. It's like a, oh, my gosh. So it's a stem. It should be a stem with, like we said, the leaves and the flowers hanging. Do do not allow growth from the stem. Now, if there's little babies coming up from the bottom, they could have come from seeds. Would you dig them out? You could try with just very carefully with a, a trowel. Uh, sort of, you know, lift out with the roots intact. Get some little pots ready and some potting soil, and start some little, some little baby plants if you want, uh, or not. It's sort of up to you. If they're, if they're they're unlikely growing from the roots, they're more likely growing as little separate plants. Okay. Okay. And
4: when the leaves turn green and yellow, mm-hmm. do I pick
3: them off? Yeah. Yeah. Remember, leaves don't last forever. So when leaves turn yellow, uh, particularly you will see in all the people we've been talking to today who have been talking about bringing in tropicals, everybody's going to experience some yellow leaves in that process of coming in. So, yeah, either, you know, wait till they're thoroughly yellow.
4: Open water. um,
3: I would. I would just try and avoid bringing in any little, um, you know, hitchhikers.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your information. Gratefully appreciated. My pleasure.
2: Okay, thank you. Thanks for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Do we have time for one more call? To their uh, if we're fast. Okay. Ethel, Midlands, away you go. Good morning.
6: Hello. Hi. Hi there. Hi. Uh, very quickly, I'm calling about putting invasive plants into the green bin, into the municipal compost system. I'm concerned about whether they would be completely destroyed or not.
3: As far as I know, the green bin system, we're not talking landfill, we're not talking um, initial composting. That's, the, the green bin is all your food and paper and that sort of thing?
6: Yes, and any vegetation, I think, was yeah. in there too. Yeah, and
3: kitty litter, um, Kleenex, all that kind of stuff. My understanding is that the way the green bins are dealt with is in water first. They all goes into a big, huge vat of water where all that stuff is separated out. The sludge either floats or drops, and it's, uh, yeah, you're fine. The invasives will die. They will rot in that wet environment.
5: Okay, so that's where
6: you would put them? Because I don't want to throw them in the bush or the side of the road no, or, you know, anywhere else,
3: right? That's right, or your composter. No, mm-hmm. you're right. That's exactly That's exactly where I would put them. Okay. All right. Thanks Excellent so point. Thank Thanks you, Ethel. Yeah, for
2: reminding everybody else, too. And you know, uh, we're on a racetrack here. My gosh. The show has just zipped along I in know. such a fashion.
3: How does that happen? That I was so fast.
2: Know. But, Sebastian, great job again, my gosh. <clears throat> and, uh, well, a happy Thanksgiving from everyone here at Zuma Radio, the family here. That's Charlie right. and I wish you the very best. Yes,
3: exactly. Enjoy this lovely, lovely weekend. Get outside if you can. Oh, it's going to be beautiful tomorrow. Whether it's gardening or walking or and just breathing some fresh air.
2: And think good thoughts for the Jays, would you please? Oh, oh my gosh. Lord. You know, I hate to
3: say I told you so but if my brother had taken me to the game (laughs) like i told him anyway thanks everybody see you all again next week
0: this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740 this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at nine on zoomer radio the new am 740